Hey, this is Chris Sharp, and this is Sharp Takes. Yeah, we changed the name. I'm here with Louis Noble today. We're discussing a movie that did not perform well at the time, but has aged extremely well for us, The Road to El Dorado. Here we go. So The Road to El Dorado came out in 2000. It had a box office of 70, or a budget of $95 million and a box office of $76 million. So it lost some money. It did not do very well and was not critically received well. Um, the plot is essentially Miguel and Tulio are two con men. They're kind of buddies. And then they find a map to the City of Gold. They get on Cortez's ship, stow away, end up at the City of Gold, pretend to be gods. Everything kind of falls apart from there. Watch the movie if you want to know the rest. So, Lily, we just finished watching it. Uh, what can't you let go? Um, first off, I... I'm a little bit confused how they made it to the island alive. I mean, I mean, okay. So the jump. So for those who haven't seen it, they are being chased. They jump into water buckets off basically a sixty-foot cliff. Should have died there. And then, like you said, they get they're on a little boat alone, like castaway. Yeah, like everything bad on the boat happened. And they still live through that. Then they find land, which, and it happens to be the lost city. So. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? I think the thing I find hilarious is they land on the perfect beach. Exactly. They're on the beach that, like you said, the city of gold. He looks at the map. There's a bird. He's like, this map has a bird. It's, Boom. it's the one. This is, yep. we are in the perfect spot. And then they follow everything and they're able to use the clues and they get to the city of gold, which is miraculous because you never see them eating. You'd, yeah. What did how they do long, for food? How, how long, long was that journey? It seemed like it was a pretty massive island. So I, yeah. I think Miguel, the Miguel map stuff in the first act where it's just the second this guy is gambling with them, mm-hmm. he goes, I'll just get the map is worth all this money, apparently. And Miguel looks at it and he's in. He right. buys the narrative so fast. Mm-hmm. And I just is that their entire relationship is just Miguel always jumping in and Tulio just sits back and gets a drug on these adventures? I think they both have the same goals in mind and it's just to be on adventure together. And you see that later on in the movie in one of their quotes when they're dying on the boat. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think, I think they both end up on the same page. You just sometimes need a little push. Yeah. I think Miguel will jump first. And Tulio enjoys the jump, but he's not going to make the first move, maybe. Right, but he's more controlling, though. And we need to talk about Cortez, because we were kind of talking about yes. it as we watched the movie. Yes. So, Cortez, can you can we get rid of him? What do you think? Yeah, see, whenever, whenever the movie gets in the flow, it's just broken up by him following these two guys that really mean nothing to him. Yeah, he's trying to go to the New World. Because he doesn't have the uh, map to El Dorado. He doesn't know. How does he get to El Dorado? Like, is that a coincidence? I don't understand. So me and Lily and her boyfriend were watching it. Shout out to Paul, who was on the podcast last week. And at one point, they're walking, and Cortez is walking, and he just sees this bird shape in the light. And he's just like, yes, we're going to keep walking that way. And me and Lily turn to each other and just... We're at a loss for words. Like, makes... if that was a pit stop on his journey, like, I think the money wasted maybe in gas or whatever just wasn't worth it. Because yeah. what, who, what is he looking for? I mean, the only thing these guys have done 
is stowaway on his boat. Which I know, like, he goes through right. the whole, I picked my crew, like, the Disciples of Christ, which was kind of a weird reference for a children's movie, which is a lot of this movie is <laughs> uncomfortable references for children's movies, which we're, we're going to get into in a second, but... Um, I mean, let's just get into it now. Uh, this is a very adult children's movie. Yeah, for sure. PG-13, I would say. There is very explicit sexual undertones to just Tulio. And, yeah. It's also really scary. Tulio and Chell, the female like lead, I, I guess is what you would call her. She is, the second she's in there, they're both infatuated and then Tulio acts on it she just the one scene is her seducing him I know and she I will give it to them she's very beautiful yeah her animated character shout she, out to the animators at DreamWorks <laughs> yeah so that is a very adult relationship too like it, it went so quickly to just meeting to come with me back home so like that's kind of advanced I think for kids and they, they, I mean, they walk in on the Shaka Khan or mm. Shaka Khan, the main priest. He walks in on them having sex. Yeah. Their clothes are on, but I mean, it's pretty explicit. You hear the audios, his hair is all messed up. Yeah, we know exactly what's going on. And I just wonder. Not five-year-old me in the theater. <laughs> well, I wonder what parents are saying to their kids if they're watching it with them. Is that something we talk about or we just kind of blow over it? I saw 95 Baby, Willie's in 96 or 97. 97, 97 yeah. Baby. I was five years old. I definitely remember seeing this movie when it came out. And there's no way my mother was comfortable at five saying, okay, we need to talk about what Miguel and Chell or Tulio and Chell right. were doing. They were having like special adult time. Yeah. It's that just is, some, that's five it's something that can be avoided for a good amount of time unless the kid's asking about it. Yeah, I think once you get to nine or ten, we can then we I can then I think maybe you lightly. watch this with your kids, you have to talk about it. Yeah. Because they're gonna a ten year old boy leaving that theater is gonna be talking about Chell with his like buddies. That could be <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of what else I had written. I have, um, there's the horse. Okay. So we have basically two little sidekicks. You have the horse whose name escapes me. El Tivo. El Tivo. El Tivo. Mm -hmm. You have El Tivo and then this little armadillo and El Tivo. I understand. And the armadillo you kind of need for them to be able to win that game. Yeah. But I I don't want to get into rewrite yet, but you could, those characters, this is becoming a recurring thing, and I'm sorry about being irritated every week, but we don't need these little cute characters in a movie. I think you kind of need the horse, though. But not the armadillo. He, there's yeah, always, but, in every anime movie we've done, there's just an animated thing that can't talk. Mulan, the <laughs> cricket. Um, True. Uh, Moana, the little pig, and the chicken. I'm yeah. getting really tired of these animators being like, let's have something cute that we can just well, show. Kid, that's a kid's movie. That's what they're looking for. The parents can point it out and be like, Oh, look at that. I know. Toy, added something. It's toy sales, but it just mm, bugs Because yeah. I don't, I do not believe that a child will leave a movie and be complaining to the parent that, oh, we didn't have the armadillo toy. <laughs> I'm not a fan of just product placement in general in these movies. I, I see your point. I want to talk about something because this movie, as I said in the intro, did not do well. It lost a lot of money for DreamWorks. And... I just want to, why do you think it didn't do well? 
Why do you think it was so critically received and no one saw it in theaters? I think that there was maybe a little heads up that it could be a little inappropriate. You think? Yeah, so maybe this age group didn't go to the theaters because their parents were a little nervous about it. But then still, if you're a teenager who would maybe understand it, they aren't looking to go see an animated movie, maybe. And I think, I think part of it is adult subject matter. And then another part of it, I think, is parents don't want to take their kids, like you said. And I just think it, it's not as dramatic as other children's movies that were coming out at the time. Essentially, Tarzan and other movies that were re- released right in this area had very sincere themes. I can't tell you what the theme of this movie was. You don't take it, your kids to say... scattered. Yeah, you don't take your kids to El Dorado and be like, now they're going to know how to treat other kids with respect. Right. It's just a fun buddy comedy, which is fun, but yeah. I think commercially successful movies, especially animated, have a lot of heart, and this doesn't have that. No. Because Miguel and Tulio's relationship is what... I th- the, that's the point of the movie is to say mm-hmm. like buddies buddies at the end they'll do anything for each other but we don't they stop being friends for five minutes and never really truly reconcile it's just he kind of saves his life mm-hmm. and then they're friends again I know that I think if they really wanted to reach more mass audience they have to make Miguel and Tulio's relationship more complex yeah because I think the theme pretty much for their friendship is that no matter, you'll always be friends. Like maybe one person falls for the girl and yeah. the other person isn't ready to settle down yet and is still exploring, <laughs> yeah. you know? So that's, that is kind of already complex. And a lot of people haven't, a lot of kids haven't <laughs> experienced a lot of friends. Like a lot of kids aren't like my buddy's getting married to <laughs> yeah, this girl. <laughs> this, this movie is made for 25 to 28 yeah, year like old. Yeah, like the range. stuff we're going through right yeah. now, you know, it's similar Ex- to that. Exactly. All our friends, Lily's dating one of my best friends, you know, we're talking about ourselves in a little bit. Yeah. They, in this situation, I guess Paul and Lily are Tulio and Chell, and then I'm okay, just Miguel. I take that. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Lily for getting the Chell role. I think that's, it is true. I think that's a very, that's, that's a theme. And it's kind of a mature theme. It's a very mature theme, and there's not something so recognizable for children and parents to, like I said, learn a life lesson. And now we need to have a word from one of our sponsors, so here we go. This episode is brought to you by Shibalba Spirit World Incorporated. Shibalba, give us your money now. This is a tax-free corporation. So I want to get into Casting Couch. Tell me who you think would be live-action Miguel and Tulio. Uh, I think Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Oh, just Wedding Crashers play it back? Yeah. That's like, good. Like, looks-wise and, yeah, just personality and, like, they can... It, that, that's, that. a, that's a really good one. And they already have the hair color. The hair color thing's already set. I know. And you get Vince... This has to be before Vince Vaughn got fat, though. So this has to be, like... Mm-hmm. This is Swingers, mm. Vince Vaughn. This isn't Wedding... Even Wedding Crashers, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. He's a little thick. Yeah. But Owen Wilson, I I like that a lot. I think their humor would be perfect for it. And I'd buy their Spanish. I'd buy their Spaniards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they can do a good Spanish accent. I had, this is kind of really off the wall, but Robert Downey Jr. and Neil Patrick Harris, for some reason, I think that would be a really fun combo. And the hair color thing were fine they're both comedic and dramatic so we can make these changes you want to make Mm -hmm. and they can sell everything 
Yeah. Oh, I like that one. I really like the Robert because he'd be he, perfect. He, yeah, he already plays that role. Yeah, you get him like, right. Kind of uptight, but like a badass. Yeah. And he can play. He he's done comedy. Obviously, Tropic Thunder more controversial, but he's done comedy. <laughs> and uh, I think he, him and uh, Neil Patrick Harris is also perfect for just basically play back his How I Met Your Mother role. He can do mm-hmm. that dramatic, over yeah. the top guy. I also had this one is very. This is kind of random too, but Orlando Bloom, just because I thought Pirates of the Caribbean, he's kind yeah. of uh, so Orlando Bloom and Chris Hemsworth. Oh, interesting. The, it's a little. It's, I think it's a different movie, but yeah. I think they could be funny together. And also, but they're very serious. And then you get the ticket sales, good-looking mm-hmm. male leads. Yeah. I, I, Orlando Bloom's career has been kind of all over the place, but he he. When I see Tulio, I think he looks like. Yeah. Orlando Bloom and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, for looks wise, those are great, but I think like personalities yeah. that usually can bounce off each other. I read one more, um, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Oh, okay. A little little redo it. Yeah, a lot of things would have to be redone. <laughs> That's like the Wild Wild West though. I mean, Will Smith's already done that in his career. He's already mm. played like this cowboy that made no sense culturally. Yeah. And I feel like if they did it, that would be just terrible. <laughs> I think it wouldn't be good. No. But I think it'd be such a thing that would actually happen, though. Right. I could, it's when you said that, it's, hey, we're going to do bad boys, but you're Spanish, Spanish sailors in the 1500s. Yeah. They both high five, make a, they get a lot of money, and they sell tickets. Right. That's a really funny, because I feel like you're more focused on, it's the chemistry between the buddies, mm-hmm. more so than at, just choose, like, I have no idea if Orlando Bloom and Chris Hemsworth have good chemistry. Right. I but, just, like, you can make anyone look how you yeah. kind of want it now, so. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. If the chemistry thing is such an issue, and I can go back to any decade, I think, like, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd or something, mm-hmm. those really great 80s comedians that were all in the same yeah. crew, if we can take take people from every every area. So for best adult joke, um, there was a lot of adult content. There weren't a lot of just straight up adult jokes. I had yeah. a couple. I, at the beginning, I had for the fight. He goes, I fought your sister. That's a compliment when he's like, <laughs> you fight like my sister. I thought that was really funny. And when the ship's about to crash into them, um, kind of the, the wink to parents, um, holy ship, not holy mm. shit. Holy mm. ship. Yep. So I got a kick out of that one. Did you have any written down? I just thought, this isn't really an adult joke, but when he's like, your plan, then there's God's plan, which I thought, kind yeah. of funny. Can we talk about, th- this is kind of an atheist movie. The, yeah, chief, the bad guy is... A the, religious nut job. Yeah. Not to offend anyone that's very religious, but he's like the worst, he's like the most extremist, obviously. He's talking yeah. about sacrificing people. So he's kind of this crazy nut job but also super religious and the chief doesn't buy that anyone's a god at all at the beginning the chief is the chief is not taking it but he's still being really nice to them which doesn't make sense but the chief seems to be winking at we know like the guy i know the gods aren't real like it's okay don't worry people it makes people feel better let them believe it. Everything's fine. It's a very, I feel very atheist vibes from the entire movie with the God references. Yeah, definitely. Um, I and just, it, sorry, but no. it also just shows like another theme I had written down was like power can go to your head no matter if it's a good power or bad power. Yeah. 
like even Miguel, like when he starts getting power from feeling like a god, doing good things for the community, but no one elected no one elected Miguel god of the city. Right. Yeah, I think the Shaka Khan character is one of the scariest villains in any child movie I've seen. I remember eyes. him scaring the shit out of me when I was a kid. The eyes, when he kills the guy and becomes the Jaguar, that is absolutely terrifying. I remember being terrified as a kid. I still am a little scared uncomfortably by oh, yeah. Shaka. Everything he does, he just wants to murder people all the time. Every time there's a lull in the action, it's like, okay, can we have another one where he's asking for, uh, he's going to sacrifice the people that lose the game. He's going to sacrifice... Right. This poor guy for Tushy Balba, which is an awesome word. I just wanted to say Shibalba. I'm not really quite sure you're saying it right at the time. I think that's how you say Shibalba. I'm going to say Shibalba as many times as I can in a row. Um, I got a huge kick out of he. I don't get a kick out of it. I, that's the bad verbiage. But he was going to kick that guy into Shibalba and sacrifice him. There's never a reason given. He's, he's right. super power hungry and sacrificing people to seems to be the way to wield his power in this society. Mm-hmm. And why does the society need to be cleansed so badly? Yeah, everyone seems delightful. Right. Look at <laughs> You're sitting on a pot of gold. Yeah. What's you, wrong? It seems like heaven, apparently, because Miguel is just... Why do they want to leave? Miguel is... Miguel's in... You have all the riches you could ever want. Everyone's super nice to you. And the only person that is problematic is this crazy priest and you basically murdered him so you can be here all happy now they should have stayed and helped set up a stable government that every time other people show up doesn't believe that they're just divine Mm -hmm. that is that's such a funny funny concept is just these people are different than us that's a god and then the little the way they do it with the volcano is really funny i like that a lot yeah how did that happen <laughs> they're the luckiest there's about they five are. Or six, they're just the luckiest guys there's five or six times in the movie where there's no way they're getting out of this one <laughs> and they they do um for best for best song um there were so many great songs in this movie i hadn't really thought about the road to el dorado soundtrack in a long time what did you what was your favorite it had to be between ride into history and tough to be a god I, w- I think I'll go Tough to Be a God just because what was going on during that song, it was very visually appealing. I had, so I had The Trail, to Bo- the trail We Blaze and It's Tough to Be a God. Mm. And I think, I love The Trail We Blaze so much because it's the first song in the movie and it really draws you into this journey. They're, they're on the trail they're blazing, if you will. I think, I think I actually didn't know the name, the correct name. Oh, really? What song did you say? I said Ride Into History. Oh, yeah, that's the same song. I guess that's, yeah. that's my what's, bad. What's the actual title? I think the song's called Trail We Blaze. Okay. But Ride Into History would make sense for a title. Okay. So, okay, then we chose the same songs. That's hilarious. So we chose the same songs. And I think I'm going to take the Trail We Blaze, though. But I agree, Tough to Be a God is visually way more appealing mm-hmm. but i really enjoy the trilly blaze moving their journey forward and tulio essentially finally is all in on the trail right. at, at, during that and it helps set that up so i'm a big fan of that and, and there's just not a bad song even the sad song i can't think of what it's called but when no. they're miguel and tulio are in their fight the sad song they play in that is so it's so great it is yeah it is 
touching. And it's not... It, the characters only sing one or two songs. A lot of them appear to be original songs that were written for the context of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not your classic Disney where the characters break into song and dance and it's a musical. Because this right. isn't really a musical. I wouldn't consider it a musical. I don't think it is. They just had one song t- together. Yeah. And yeah. that's the only time you see them sing. And the other music... I just think one song does not make you a musical. And I don't know no. if it's considered a, a musical. It, DreamWorks is really... We haven't really talked about This came from DreamWorks. And DreamWorks is really interesting at that time because... And just some research I was doing before this. The movie they'd done right before this was Prince of Egypt. Which is oh. about Moses. And if you've seen it, it's very adult and very serious. Hey, yeah. we can make a Bible story look fantastic. And they did it. I think... Part of the reason, circling back to why we didn't think it'd do as well, I, I think when people see this, this is not Prince of Egypt and this back to back do and I not think make like sense. Sinbad was around that time too, yeah. or something. Yeah, they were trying these really big adventure epics, yeah. which is really interesting for DreamWorks as a company because I think they got really into that. Mm-hmm. Into that. Okay, you have some guys on an ocean and they're going to go on an adventure. Yeah. Kids are going to want to see that. And Disney just kind of doubled down on its princesses mm-hmm. with Tangled and Moana. And Pixar just kept doing whatever the hell it wants because it can, can do whatever the hell it wants. Do you, think, do you think this movie's woke or do you think it's broke? I would say... I'd say woke. Yeah, I'm kind of... I feel like I'm indifferent about it. Um, some of the stuff with, you know, Cortez is tough because you just know what Cortez did to... He ba- murdered that society, essentially. But he also wasn't seen... As good yeah. in the movie, at least. So. Yeah, they make him look villainous, which I think is, has aged well. Good for them to yeah. not be like, Cortez discovered <laughs> America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been a bad movie. That would have aged bad. <laughs> I think some of the sexual stuff, the sexual nature of Chell as a character probably hasn't aged super great. I think it is. I think that's the body type girls want nowadays. Yeah, in the Instagram Tiny, model. Tiny waist and big butt. Yeah. But I'm saying that's what that's a negative thing. I know, but it's very current. Yeah, I mean, I think if you drew it today, it would make sense and people... Yeah. But I also think woke culture would be against the sexualization of a character like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... So I think it's... Okay, so I, I see think, both ways. Yeah, I think the movie's probably... It's probably fine. There's nothing that watching it back, you were taken and say, like, that would not be able to work right. in modern times because... It's a buddy comedy, and yeah, it's adult jokes-ish, but I think you'd go see it with your kid today, and it probably wouldn't do as well. But And now another word from one of our sponsors. Play Like a God and Air Miguel Jordans, found at your nearest Nike outlet. Uh, for a rewrite, um, I, I think they should, I want to get to know them more in Spain before the journey starts. That's my yeah, big rewrite. and re-write. I want to see what they do a little bit after the movie's over. Yeah, because it's... What's that adventure? Yeah, it seems very crunched. Mm-hmm. Everything, we commented at the beginning, but it's an hour and 30 minutes, and, or hour and 29 even, one minute less. Um, <laughs> it's so crunched and everything's moving so fast, it's hard to, it's hard to be in one moment. Right, and everyone, yeah, could have been so much more developed. And... Yeah, because then the Miguel and Tulio fight makes the fight break up reconciliation. It gets a lot better if you have this more backstory. And they never mm-hmm. talk about the relationship other than like little callbacks where 
they go, remember the time in Barcelona? And right. there are these callbacks to things they did. But there's nothing of, this is why we're super close. This is why we're friends. Right. And I think that's what my rewrite would try to focus on. Like, 15 more minutes at the beginning, 15 more minutes at the end. I think would be good. I think that it could have went in a very different direction if Chell would have been the um, chief's daughter or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah. Add, and, a, yeah. add a forbidden love element? Yeah, okay. I mean, it already is kind of forbidden, but just like maybe him winning the dad over, kind of changing as, as much as Miguel did. Yeah, and I think in that situation, you make the chief darker and then darker is and he's really mean mm. and it's it's almost like a pocahontas thing yeah, you where could do something like that where he comes in and you, he the chief's threatened by this per, he's a god but he knows he's not a god so he's trying to be nice to him but he's also yeah. don't take my daughter that'd be fun i could get behind that mm-hmm. i think miguel could use an an interest he's he's okay content being the third wheel I don't know if you can fit a whole other love interest in there, but it'd be nice if Mikkel had someone too. I feel bad for him. Oh, I think he has the horse and the townspeople. <laughs> That's all, but he doesn't have the townspeople anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so now <laughs> he's just got the horse. It's You have to sit there while your buddy's with his wife and you're just with the horse. I think that'd be... And I kind of wish they stay. And maybe that's what my rewrite would be is as I, as I think about it is... Miguel's content with saving him and letting Tulio start a new chapter of his life alone. They serve mm-hmm. their purpose. Miguel's found his purpose here. Tulio's is not there. Right. It, the, as you said, the theme is to let your friend go. And that would really hammer that home and just double down on, you know, they still love each other. They'll always cherish those moments. But he's got his mm-hmm. thing and I have my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, we saved the movie. That's the live action version. <laughs> there we go. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson finding themselves. <laughs> um, do, would you want a sequel? It's been 20 years. I, I haven't heard it ever kicked around, but would you want mm-hmm. one? I think uh, their adventure would be so different once they got to Spain or if that's what they were yeah, doing. Maybe but it could be were, in Europe. Yeah, but if they're still on the island, that sequel, no thanks. Yeah, I think... The sequel, I don't want one. I'm not a sequel guy, but if you did do one, it's Chell adjusting to Spain and maybe they get on another crazy adventure mm-hmm. while they're in Spain and they try to find another treasure and Chell maybe breaks up with Tulio for a while. Yeah. You, just all the classic tropes of a sequel that yep. you need to do. I, it, it's, I, there's no way it happens because this movie lost them a lot of money and... I don't, if they make a live action one, I, I will pay money, but I'd be shocked. Oh, yeah. There's no way. Shout out live, uh, live action Tarzan, or not live action Tarzan, live action Hercules. Live action Hercules coming out. We predicted that would happen in the first episode, and we've already cast it. So you, they oh. should listen to that. Listen to that, people, and <laughs> at Disney. And please give me a check for money because I'm poor. Um, who was your favorite voice actor and your least favorite voice actor in this, Lily? Probably, I I really liked the chief. He just was such a warm guy. Yeah, his voice, you, he's, the chief is very Soothing. big guy. Yeah, the chief is a, they draw him huge. But his voice is very gentle giant-esque. You get this very sense that he's a sweetheart mm-hmm. just through the voice. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I really, I had the chief written down. I think 
I do not like Miguel and Tulio's voices being so similar. I wish there I was more like contrast. One, one had an accent and one didn't. Yeah, Miguel think, had an accent. Yeah, Miguel has more of an accent than Tulio. But I wish that they sound... But the pitches of their voice... Okay. It sound, their voices have very similar tones. Yeah. And I think it would have been nice to have contrast between them mm-hmm. and be able to show the differences. Miguel maybe having a little softer voice, more naive, and Tulio being raspier and more naggy almost. <laughs> So I I agree, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I also really like whoever voiced uh, Shaco Khan or Taco Khan. We cannot. I have no idea. But the the, the priest. The priest. Yeah. The priest. Oh, yeah. Whoever voiced the priest. I don't know who that is. I didn't look it up. But good job. That's a good villain voice. Mm-hmm. He scares the. Sh- his voice is scary as shit. Oh yeah. That'll make your kid have nightmares for a week. <laughs> for sure. And Chell's voice is. I don't, it's fine. I. I mean, it adds to her character. Yeah, it, it's perfect for the way she's trying to be and yeah. this kind of seductress that also it, a con artist to an extent. It right. seems like she's found an equal in Tulio and that's why they love each other. Um, I, I I couldn't really see myself recasting it. There's no one in this movie where I hate it. Like I said, I wish Miguel and Tulio would be different, but I don't think there's anyone in here that's extremely miscast. Yeah, I don't think so. So we're kind of we're at final thoughts, I guess. I have, I have a couple things I we didn't get to. Um, I just, Chell is off limits. Was their deal? They set that up at the beginning. Tulio caves in five seconds. Yeah. And doesn't say anything to his best friend. That's a bummer for Tulio. Tulio is is Tulio or Miguel? You have to choose one. Go. Who I want to. Who would you want to be with if yeah, you had Miguel. to be your friend? Yeah, Miguel. Yeah. Because Tulio's kind of an ass. Oh, yeah. In the entire time, he's obs- obsessed with the gold, but then at the end, I'll give him credit. He doesn't care about sacrificing the gold to save these people, which is nice, but he's still an ass. Yeah, he's just looking out for himself, for sure. Yeah, I. that bums me out, and I don't, I don't really have anything else written, do you? Um. I just noticed right from the beginning how great the animation was. Yeah, I think it's and, I think it's aged really well. And I had very high expectations after that, and they were met. Yeah, they do, they do a really good job. And even Prince of Egypt, which, like I said, is what they did right before this. I think DreamWorks was just on it, and they're really underappreciated because their movies weren't doing great at the time yeah. financially. But their animation was something Disney didn't catch up to until Tangled, essentially. Because I think... The way Tangled looks when we watched it was so beautiful. And this reminds me a lot of that, where there's some really cool shots that the animators are doing that I hadn't seen in any other Disney movies at the time. Mm-hmm. How about the the only one entrance to the building? Oh, how, yeah. How problematic that really is. <laughs> so the city, we talked about this a lot. What's the political state like in this kingdom where they are so scared of other kingdoms coming after them Mm -hmm. that they're hidden under a waterfall that only a little map can show you where to get. And they are, there's no other way in because Miguel and Tulio can't go out like a back entrance. There's no ways over the hills apparently. Right. Where are they? Right. It's crazy. Did you say about just the shooting in the forest? Yeah, that was weird. Just what's going on? (laughs) There's, there's nothing going Cortez is Cortez is storming towards the city and that's how they know to crash it. 
what's he pillaging? We didn't see anyone coming in, and he's just—is he just burning the forest? Because then Cortez is, Cortez is just an asshole who doesn't even care about the earth, too. Yeah. That's, they didn't know. They didn't know. They, they didn't know. Didn't. They didn't know climate change was real in 1519. No. Climate change is real. Um, I think it's hilarious that that's that's what saves their little hidden society is the fact that Cortez was not sneaking up well. He wanted the entire world right. to know I am charging towards your secret entrance. Right. Here's two day. You have two days to figure it out. It does bother me that there's no other way out of the city, and. They seem to know how special it is that they only have gold. But how would they know? How would they know that there's not... They have that much gold. To them, wouldn't... Maybe the world has that much gold? I don't... You get what I'm saying? No, I don't. So if you have that much gold, gold's not a value. Right. Things of that okay. are value are in short supply. So if... They seem to know that their gold is really important, though. But they have so much of it. There has to be another temple somewhere there has to be others close by there has to be something. another nation state that has tried to conquer them and maybe that's your prequel is this okay. really bloody history yeah, that caused them became. to be hidden mm -hmm. and how maybe they predicted these gods would come back and save them and be able to release them back a little atlantis theme almost Oh, El Dorado, yeah, like Atlantis. I like that. That's our crossover because Atlantis is a really great animated movie from yes, this time. That was also one I was going to have us watch. Yeah, we were between Brother. Well, you said Brother Bear, which was rolled the eyes. I did okay. not want to do it. El Dorado. <laughs> but Atlantis, I would have been. These movies are kind of, These movies are similar. Yeah, I think so too. There's a lot of adult hu humor mm -hmm. in it. There's a lot of adult sexuality stuff in Atlantis, if I remember right. Yes. And... It's very dark. The villains are dark. They're just going to try to kidnap the society. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, okay, we have your prequel. There it is. There's this, maybe Atlantis and El Dorado were rivals. That'd be kind of fun. They're warring nations. Mm -hmm. Historically, like, I don't know where everything lines <laughs> yeah. up, but that doesn't really matter. You it know? doesn't matter because Atlantis, no one's ever claimed Atlantis is theirs. You know, I've never heard Atlantis associated with Brazil or Mexico or Peru. I've never heard... Atlantis is in a specific spot. So yeah. for all we know, they could be neighbors. El Dorado and Atlantis could have been gigantic rivals. And through their pursuit of these perfect societies, they're punished into abysses in different areas. One underwater, one locked by land. I just, I'm really excited. What? what? I am really excited about this pitch. I don't know if I can beat that. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? No, I think that pretty much says it all there. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. This was a fun movie to rewatch. Thanks for thanks for joining, Lily. Uh, do you have any, anything you want to plug? You know, I don't have much going on right now. I'll Lily's be in the healthcare industry. We just want to say thank you to people oh, like you thanks. during this COVID. Yeah, we'll get yeah. it. Say thank you if you see Lily out in public. I'll talk about it for a second. We changed the name of the podcast from Disney Minus to Sharp Takes. We're going to start doing movies that aren't animated because I want to do movies that aren't animated sometimes. So next week, I think, will be our first non-animated movie. It might be pretty random, but it's one of the movies I love. I'm not going to spoil it. But get ready for other movies. And we're still going to do animated movies every once in a while. But be ready for a lot, of, a lot of different types of movies. And we hope you guys keep enjoying and keep listening. So thanks.